You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey Bears fans and welcome to another edition of the Bears Link Podcast on the Windy City Grid Iron Network of Podcasts. I'm your host Andrew Link and joining me again this week is going to be my brother Kevin and we're going to talk a little bit about the Patriots loss and also bring you the preview for the upcoming game against the Jets. Let's get it going. time again talking about the Patriots game um, obviously we watch that you know there's there's a million other podcasts out there that that break down the game right after uh, instant reaction hot takes all that sort of stuff so um, a couple takeaways that I had um, still not not super pleased with Vic Fangio um, his game his his game plan was odd to me I, I saw a stat that uh, I want to say, Khalil Mack rushed the passer 15 times and dropped back into coverage 18 times. I think it was 14. And I 14. think Leonard Floyd had identical. He was Floyd, I think, was 16 and 16, so he was 50-50. Uh, Roquan Smith only played about 50% of the snaps. Um, hmm. Not not really sure what was going on. There was a, a very odd um, game plan, and, and when they you know talked to, to Tom Brady after the game, and James White as well, they both almost kind of laughed at the game plan. Um, they were they were expecting something different, and it and it was um, it was not a it was not an improvement over what they were expecting. Would be my guess. So that was that was strange. Um, again, you know, Mitch Trubisky had a, a, an up and down game, missed some open receivers. I thought for the most part, he he saw the field well. He made the right reads. I thought that a lot of his his accuracy issues had to do with the fact that they were the Patriots were getting a push up the middle, and he wasn't able to step into his throws as much as you would like to see. A lot of back foot throws reminiscent of Jay Cutler, um, and and that's something that's going to have to be cleaned up. But I I do think that you know going forward, something that that needs to be cleaned up here is the Bears offensive line and their pass protection was not particularly great against the Patriots. And that's something that we're going to need to, to see change. Now, clearly the Patriots have, you know, stymied quarterbacks for, for the better part of two decades. Now it's just a matter of, you know, having the right game plan against them and being able to get the ball out quicker. And I thought that, you know, that was another area where, the coaching staff kind of let down the team 
in, in a way where I, I would have liked to see a few more screen passes and things like that where you can really beat the blitz. Not the wide receiver screen. Not necessarily the wide receiver <laughs> screen, but to be perfectly honest, I, I'm I'm I saw a few times where they had you know a, a bunch trip set to one side, and there was really only one guy on the line of scrimmage, and there was another guy you know playing off about five six yards, and there's a safety you know playing 12, 15 yards deep on that side, and you're like, that's the that's the time where you should have that hot read in there where you where you go. You know, you make whatever that check is, whatever the 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 word is that you yell out, and and that becomes a wide receiver screen. And I thought they had the advantage multiple times, and and we really only saw the wide receiver screen go the one time to Cohen for a touchdown. And by the way, that that was a that was a check at the line by Mitch, and and he made a, a really nice read, um, got the ball to, to Cohen quickly, and ended up with a touchdown pass on that. So. So that was good. Um, quick thoughts on on the Patriots game. Yeah, circling back to your first uh, point on on just the number of times they rushed the passer with the edge rushers, I don't understand how you. Okay, so you're not going to rush your best pass rushers, and somehow you're still also not going to cover James White. Nope. You got to do one of those two things. Yep. And there was a, a particular play that was completely just nauseating to me. I think it was like a, I think it was second in in fifteen, um, late in the game, and this that play resulted in just James White ran right in front of the quarterback. You know, he was seven yards down the field. Tom Brady hit him. Boom, third and eight, and then they came back and ran the exact same play. Except this time, there was not one defender within ten yards of James White, and he was sitting literally right in the middle of the. In the, of the football field. Mm-hmm. And and this is after he had already beaten you over and over and over again. So I, and then, and I also looked uh, at the game, through, throughout the game, just the off coverage by the corners. Uh, you just kind of knew, like, we're not going to stop them. They have to pass and we're not going to stop them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that the whole narrative that the, the special teams was the, the thing that lost this game, I don't, I don't buy that. It's I easy mean, to easy to point at though, because that you don't often give up two special teams touchdowns in one game. You no, know, that's that's Total. true. But let's let's say that that either one of the two penalties would have been called on on the kick return, right? So you had uh, block in the back against Sherrick McManus, and then you had basically a tackle of Benny Cunningham. I mean, they were both blatant. They were both the two blocks that that sprung. Um, Cordero Patterson on on the touchdown. So let's say that that was called. I mean, do, can we sit here and say that the way that that game was going, that the the Bears would absolutely, positively not have given up that touchdown? I mean, look, there were some weird things that happened in that in that game. And everybody wants to point out, well, the, the Bears only gave twenty four points to Tom Brady, but but Tom Brady at one point was on the bench for like. 15 minutes of, yeah, of game time. That's a long time. Straight, because there was turnovers and special teams touchdowns mixed in there. And it, it's 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 one thing to say that you, you know, actually kept him to those amount of points. But it's another thing to say, well, if, if you don't, if you take this one play off, how does that change the game? And we just will never know. I mean... If you change any moment in history, all history after that is changed because 
that's just the the way that things are but um you know the butterfly effect and all that stuff so it, it's it's um it's impossible to say but I, i'm not going to sit here and say that the bears defense played well and i'm not going to sit here and say that had they not given up those two special teams touchdowns that they absolutely would have won the game because I, I can't sit here and and honestly say that i mean had had roquan smith been on the field more that may have helped had Khalil Mack and, and Leonard Floyd been able to rush the passer, that that probably would have helped. You know, had you know the Bears not dropped three passes, three or four passes that they easily dropped, that probably would have helped. And that's not even including the one that the that bounced off of Josh Bellamy's hands and went, you know, was just taken away by Jackson. I mean, that interception should have never happened. So weird things in that game. Um, Bears didn't deserve to win it, and I don't think you can blame it on any one thing. It was it was a collective effort, in my opinion. Here's what I think about just uh, Trubisky in in this game and how I mean I thought he played uh, is very up and down. He had the, all these big plays, and then he had a lot of a lot of misses, um, and then he had two interceptions. One the Josh Bellamy one, I agree was I would like to see Josh Bellamy catch that ball because it went right to him and he just got it wrestled away from him. Um, but then he had the Anthony Miller interception, which you know could have easily been a touchdown, would have been a huge play. And we've seen Trubisky, and as much as I love him, and I think he's going to be great and here for a really long time, He that's like the one thing that's, that's killed me this year is he underthrows balls like that every single week that would have been touchdowns or huge plays or just misses these guys. And I think that that's, I would like to think that he's going to get better at that as his career goes on. But that's the difference between having an elite level quarterback and having just a good one is that with all those mistakes you made, if Mitch was quote unquote elite and makes those big throws, you would have won. I think you would have won. I'm not blaming the loss on him. I'm just saying that's the difference between having Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, and having Phillip Rivers. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to touch on Trubisky real quick here and, and as we transition into the Jets game. Um, I, I think what a lot of people are missing is you make a lot of great points, and I, I think that, yeah, he was not accurate. He was not always great in the pocket. Um I did see some some things that I liked. Those were things, obviously, that that need to be improved. However, you saw a quarterback who was struggling. This was like having a pitcher who did not have his good stuff, right? And he's just battling, 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 battling all game long and trying to just figure out a way to win the game. And what Trubisky did, despite his obvious off game was put up 31 points and individually account for over 450 yards and three touchdowns. Yes, he, he, he did made some mistakes that very, very well may have cost them the game. But at the same time, if this is the baseline for his off games is rushing for 80 plus yards throwing for 300 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. I think if you would have said that at the beginning of the season to anybody, 
to anybody, any Bears fan, and said, Mitch's bad games are going to be like the Patriots game. I think every single Bears fan would say, hell yeah, I'll take that all day. Because you know what? If that's your bad games, what do your good games look like? Six touchdowns, no interceptions, 48 to 10. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, <clears throat> moving on to the to the Jets game here, um, what are you kind of looking for from the offense and, you know, kind of Mitch specifically? Because obviously we, we know he needs to clean up some things, but how do you see this game playing out against a defense that, that maybe isn't quite as confusing to a younger quarterback? Well, I will answer that, but now I do want to surprise you with a nugget I, I dug up uh, in preparation. I did take some notes this time. Um, so I want to start off by saying the Bears lead the all-time series. Don't look at my notes. They lead eight, eight wins, three losses, including a four-game winning streak. So we've had some bad history with the last two opponents. Now we uh, have uh, one where the history favors us. Not that it really matters because every time you play an out-of-division opponent, the teams are completely different. Um, That's true. <laughs> but one win stuck out to me in this current win streak was in 2006, the Bears won a bloodbath 10 to nothing in a game that featured Rex Grossman. Was that the Mark Bradley? He took a... a like a screen pass, like 80 yards or something like that? It totally ruined my, my, my trivia. So it was Grossman versus Pennington. The win propelled the Bears to 9-1 and one on the year, and I was going to say that Grossman threw a 57-yard touchdown pass with 10 seconds left in that game, and I was going to ask you who it was, but it was Mark Bradley. He got it. Yes. <laughs> didn't even look at the notes. I think he did. I think he did. <clears throat> I would like to see a, a highlight. And I didn't know. I was just reading it in in the box score, and you never know what it really looks like. And I did not know it was a screen pass. It was yeah, it was a short pass, and uh, should have known that Rex Grossman would not be a able defender. To like a defender <laughs> fell down, and he just he just there was nobody there. He just ran it. At least that's my recollection of the of the play, and I remember that happening in the old Meadowlands Stadium. So I remember because uh, I was on the road. So I do, I do I do remember that game. Um, so yeah, so I, you know, the, the history is definitely a little bit different against the Jets, which is good. Um, you know, you can say, you, you can look back at this, it, at, at the, the matchup so far and say, you know, the bears have played historically well, although albeit tough games against Arizona, they've played tough games, but usually come out on top against Seattle, especially when they're important games. Tampa Bay, other than a couple of games in recent memory, they usually slaughter Tampa Bay historically. Well, they turn the tide, they slaughtered them again. They usually lose to to Aaron Rodgers. They've had a tough time against Miami, especially in Miami, and they've never beaten Tom Brady. So so far, See, if you were going with the chalk, you know, you know, uh, uh, predictions for this season. It's gone exactly the way you would expect it to. And it shouldn't even matter. But it seems it has. But it doesn't. Um, but getting back to, to present day, the Bears offense, I believe the New York Jets secondary is is banged up. Yep. Um, don't think they... I think they have a lot of interceptions. Um, I think they feasted on Stafford. 
<laughs> in the first week, so it's kind of plumped the stats up a little bit. They did. What was that? I think they. Um, I think Detroit collectively threw five or six interceptions in that game. Yeah, who, it, was, who, it was a. It was a someone came in. Who, whoever, whoever Lions backup is came in and threw another one. Um, so it was, that was a bloodbath. Uh, but like last week, going into this week. I'm really not worried about the Bears' offense at all. The only the, there's two things that I would be just watching for. Would love it if we saw improvement on some of these balls downfield that Trubisky's been throwing. I feel like if he like mentally like tricked his mind, like I have to throw it like two yards further, you know, that would I I don't know if that's really a, a cure all for him, but it seems like that's that's what always happens. It's always just a little underthrown and. You know, I don't know what you think about this, but like I know he's underthrowing the ball, and a lot of these are getting picked off or almost getting picked off. But I'm sorry, I'd like it if these wide receivers won one jump ball all year. The only time I can ever remember one winning anything was Allen Robinson on the opening drive of the season. And I guess if you want to call Kevin White Hail Mary at the end winning a jump ball, I suppose that's fair too. But other than that, I mean, Anthony Miller, I know it would have been a touchdown if he threw an accurate ball. But that guy wasn't even looking and intercepted the ball with one arm. And you're telling me you can't at least knock that ball away, if not catch the ball yourself? Like, so I'd like to see some jump ball wins and Trubisky put a little more air underneath the ball. And then on the running game, I don't really care as much. I'm not wringing my hands over the whole Jordan Howard is not, you know, putting up a thousand yard pace right now. But it would be cool if he got off, you know, if the running game as a whole, uh, without Mitch Trubisky running all over the place, which is really fun. But I'd like it if the traditional running game had a good day. Yeah, I, I noticed the same thing with the wide receivers, and this has been a, a criticism of mine um, for Allen Robinson since the season started. I've thought that there's been, I don't know, two, maybe three interceptions that Trubisky threw that were kind of jump balls. And in my opinion, you either have to come back through the defender or you have to go up and get the ball. And when you're Allen Robinson's size, that's something that I really wanted to see from him when we signed him to, I don't know what it ended up being, 14, 15 million a season. Um, that's legit number one wide receiver money. And I'm sorry, but legit number one wide receivers make plays on the football. And you don't necessarily have to be wide open, you know, to make those plays. And, you know, there, there's been, you know, he's had a couple of drops too. Um, that's something that, you know, his has been an issue for him over the course of his career. I mean, it's not been a horrible issue, but it, it does crop up from time to time. Um, so yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. Uh, same thing on the the running game. I'm not I'm not worried about it. It does sound like Matt Nagy has finally come around to the realization that that he changed the running scheme, and he might need to take a take a look at that. I was I was listening to the to the score on my way home and, and there were, you know, was, was something in, in what Nagy said in his press conference today that, you know, kind of triggered me a little bit. And he mentioned that, you know, schematic schematically, that was the issue with the running game right now. And it wasn't necessarily on the players in his estimation. It was more on the scheme. And I've been saying that all along. I was nervous about this when he was hired that he was going to switch this team to an inside zone team from an outside zone team. And he did that. 
I don't think that Jordan Howard is a good fit for an inside zone scheme. I think that he isn't quick enough in the backfield. I don't think he's decisive enough when he takes the handoff. He's not a guy who's just going to run into the hole and go. He's a guy that likes to pick his hole. That's an outside zone blocking scheme. And I think you have to take advantage of what Jordan Howard does best. And that is his vision. And right now he's, he has no chance to use his vision because the inside zone is, <clears throat> it's very much like a power scheme. You have a hole that's blocked for you and that's where the play is designed to go. Outside zone, totally different. You have at least three or four different options of where to run the ball. You can run it, you know, between the guard and center. You can run it between the guard and tackle. You can run it outside of the tackle, or you can cut it back all the way across the grain and run it off tackle to the opposite side. So you have four distinct options on every stretch play or outside zone play that you you want to run. And Jordan Howard's been very successful running that since he's been with the Bears. So if that's what they're talking about getting getting back to, then color me excited because I think Jordan Howard is about to is about to pop off. But if if that's not what he's referring to, then I think that the running game is going to continue to struggle. So you're reading the tea leaves. A little bit, yeah. Reading the tea leaves, and you think that we might see an adjustment back to what suits Jordan Howard, which would excite me because last time you read the tea leaves and we weren't recording and I just want to go on record and say this actually happened. You called me, you read the tea leaves right before the Tampa Bay game about, and at that point, if you rewind, everyone was like super concerned. We were, we were going to go to the Super Bowl back then if we just had an offense. And Mitch Trubisky <laughs> was, uh, you know, the big concern. The offense was not, was kind of sputtering. We were moving the ball, but not really doing much. Um, you read the tea leaves and you said, I think this is going to be a big game. And it, and it, and it was and it was the best game. And since then, the Bears offense, I can't complain too much. I mean, there's, you know, you can always get better. But so if that, if that's accurate, and all of a sudden you have Jordan Howard just ripping off chunks, which I believe he was adept at doing, 20-yard-plus runs, you know, leader, league leader, you know, and or up there near the top for a mm-hmm. long time. Top three, yeah. Uh, that would be awesome. I mean, that's a whole new element, and that can only make things get better. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Now, moving on to, to defense here, um, I, Vic Fangio, quite frankly, just needs to get his head out of his ass. I, I don't know what he's doing. Um, he, he needs to he needs to rush the passer. And, and, and honestly, the, the best plays that they had last week were when they, they, they blitzed, um, when they blitzed Tom Brady. I mean, that's when they got the sack. That's when they got the interception. And you have a rookie quarterback Personally, if, if I'm Vic Fangio, I take a page out of the Buddy Ryan playbook and I just say, you know, welcome to the NFL, kid. I'm coming after you because they have almost no weapons on that entire offense. Their starting running back is out. It's it's just, I don't see it, you know. I mean, and that defense is, is beat up too. So I, I'm, not, I'm not worried about them, you know, giving up any big plays, I think that the offense can can more than handle their end of the bargain. I think that the defense right now needs to step up and contribute to what the offense is, is doing right now. Yeah, my, my confidence level on that defense has gone from 10 out of 10 
to like a five. I, I'm at a loss. I think everyone's at a loss. We're like, what the heck happened? Like, it was, it was it was a top ten unit without Khalil Mack, and now you, he's you know whatever. He's got an ankle, and now you just suck. Like, well, <laughs> so, I, you know, Vic Fangio is kind of reminding me a little bit, and I think he's way better than this individual as a coach. But Lovey Smith, because Lovey Smith, you know, he had his one thing, and if that one thing this didn't work that Sunday he wasn't going to do anything else and he was going to let you eat him alive and that is what has happened to the Bears defense the last two weeks they've just been smoked but like the same exact way just the quick game getting no pressure not playing any bump and run jamming no one just letting people take whatever they want from you and I agree with you you got a rookie quarterback you could suffocate him I mean this guy's had 10 interceptions I think uh, so he's throwing the ball up, and I think coming out of college, he had fumble issues. That really hasn't happened in the NFL yet. Um, he's, a, he's a turnover machine at USC. I mean, I mean, let's face it. Look, Vic Fangio, like I said, needs to get his head out of his ass. This is what needs to happen. You need to send your, your outside linebackers at the quarterback all game long. No more of this putting them into, into coverage 20, 30, 50% of the time. Get, just knock that shit off right now. You need to get Roquan Smith back in the game. He needs to be the guy taking away the the running back and the tight end, which you were doing, by the way, until you took him off the field against New England. Then you need to play man coverage. I don't care if it's press man or off man coverage, but you need to play man coverage because, God damn it, they stopped Tom Brady when they played man coverage and they actually rushed their pass rushers. I don't understand. I don't know what happened to him i don't understand why he's putting these guys in a position that that they're not being used to their best potential because when you look back at san francisco days he didn't use his outside linebackers in coverage very much they almost always rush the pass. i think that should be like a surprise like just like a sprinkle yeah, it in sprinkle it in a little sprinkle you know a dusting here and there, a couple plays by you, a couple plays well, by you. Hopefully, you 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 know you just throw right to one of them one of these days. So yeah, just, exactly. It just happens every now. And Which then. is what happened early in the season because you had, you know, Matt got the, got the interception. You had Aaron Lynch with an interception. Those are the kinds of plays that happen when you only sprinkle it in from time to time. They're not expecting that guy to drop off into coverage, and then you and then you replace that man with a blitzer, and you drop you know, the outside linebacker off and you blitz an inside linebacker or a safety or a nickelback or a corner or whatever, what you do is you keep the same amount of pressure on them. You just disguise your coverage look. That's all you're really doing when you do that. So well, you can't sit there and only rush three. I mean, Vic Fangio rushed three, something like 20, 25% of the time last week. That's crazy. What are you doing? Eric, the book's been out on Brady for a long time. The way to beat him is to pressure him, is to hit him, to get him on the ground and get him to stop being able to step up in the pocket. And he failed miserably at doing that. And you just you you have to you have to just get in in Sam Darnold's face. You need to you need to confuse him. You need to make him move off of his spot. And you need to make him throw the ball on the run. He will turn the ball over. It's really it, it football's not that hard, people. It's just not. It just it's not.
So, you know, defensively, that's that's kind of what I'm looking at. Um, you know, I kind of alluded to the fact that, uh, you know, the Jets were a little beat up. Um, Bilal Powell, the the running back, is, is not going to make it. Uh, <laughs> he's a huge... He's, he's passed and during the night. <laughs> Tremaine Johnson, who was uh, a lot of people thought would be a, a nice pickup for the Bears, the cornerback who played for the Rams last year. Uh, he is. He looks like he's going to be out for this game. Dude, as well. Looking at this injury report, half the people on here are cornerbacks for the Jets. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a few on here. Um, so this could be a big big you know passing day for the Bears. Yeah, Morris Claiborne doesn't look like he's going to play either. So it looks like Land- Landon Collins is really their, their uh, not Landon uh, Con- Jamal Collins, Jamal Adams. Adams yeah. um, wrong New York team. Um, is really their, their only Buster secondary. screen, concussion. Oh, man. Yeah, so it's 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 not pretty. Um, it, it, I, I would just, I would expect this team to dominate the Jets. They're wearing the Monsters of the Midway jersey. What's that um, one? That's the throwback, the, the 40s. The, the blue, wait, is it the blue with the bold orange? Yeah. I thought they retired that. No. Oh, my God. No, they're wearing those this week. Thank God. And I, I, I feel they like got rid of it. I feel like the orange jerseys got them into a funk and that the monsters of the Midway jerseys are going to get them out of their funk because that jersey, for whatever reason, they seem to just bring that toughness and that, that attitude when they wear those jerseys. So I'm really looking forward to... To seeing that this weekend. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Like, Khalil Mack, do you, th- would you sit him in this game? Would you, I mean, you probably would, you probably want to know, you probably want to be inside the building and know how he's feeling and know, trust that what he's telling you is true. But if you, if I told you that Khalil Mack, if you rested him for one game, he would be at or near 100%. You know, moving forward, he might get injured again, but you know, just assuming he doesn't, you you would have 100% Cleo Mack. He'd hit the reset button on that ankle. Would you sit him in this game? And how far away do you think he is from 100%? I don't know. It's probably impossible <clears throat> to answer, but yeah, I'd say it's impossible to answer. Um, I I was I was told before the Patriots game that the Bears expected him to be, um, you know, performance wise about a hundred percent. So that obviously was not the case. I think going up against a, uh, um, 5,000 pound behemoth left tackle probably didn't help matters a whole lot. Not to mention that he just really didn't rush the passer at all, which I find to be, um, head scratching. But if it's a matter of sitting one game and you would tell me that he's going to come back against Buffalo and he's going to be the guy that we saw in the first four weeks of the season. I would say, yeah, you probably do that. Because the alternative is, if you're dealing with this kind of week in, week out, for the next, well, maybe the rest of the season, who knows. Um, I'd rather just bite the bullet for one game, because I don't think... Should the be able Jets. to win without him, right? You yeah, I, I would. I would think so. So, oh man, I don't know. I lost my lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, did you watch the the all twenty two at all on the last game? Um, I've I've seen a little bit of 
both sides of the ball. I have not watched the whole like, game what did, yet. Did you see, like, what was Khalil Mack doing when he was rushing the passer? How did he look? Because I, did, I mean, I didn't really notice. I couldn't, when you're watching the game live, you just can't. It's too hard to focus in on individual performances like that. The problems that Khalil Mack was having to me is the moves that he typically tries to do are, you know, he tries to get his speed converted to power, and then he a lot of times tries to go with an outside move, and then he rips underneath. Well, that left tackle, I, I can't think of his name at the moment, but he was so big and so just strong, that guy, that Mac just really wasn't able to get the kind of push that he he normally gets. Now, part of that could have been the ankle, too. Um, but he looked fine in the run game. Um, he was doing a pretty good job there. So I, I don't really know. I think part of it, too, is is you start wearing down at the end of a game when you're in coverage because he's out there running around. And, and I don't. I, that's what I don't understand. If he wasn't healthy enough to rush the passer, why was he in coverage? running around because that makes no sense. I, I understand you don't want him pushing on. Uh, I think that guy was like 344 pounds or something like that. You don't want him pushing on a guy that size, but I'd rather have him doing that in short bursts than out in the open field, chasing wide receivers. That's, yeah, you know, I didn't know about the Roquan Smith snap count thing. And that's even more mind boggling that you're going to take, okay, here's my pass rushers. You go, don't rush the passer. Um, do something you know else, and then we're going to take Roquan Smith off the field half the time to do something that he should be doing that. Would yeah. you Would you agree? I mean, yeah, no, he I... should be covering a James White, not Leonard Floyd. He got abused. Yes, he got abused badly, and 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 that's that was the game plan. You saw the Patriots switch their game plan up after the first drive, or actually during the first drive. You saw kind of what they were doing, and all of a sudden you saw. But, you know, that, that touchdown to, to James White where, you know, Leonard Floyd was obviously out outmatched there, that was just an, an, an option route. He was really staying in to block, saw Leonard Floyd was in coverage, and just, just went out on that route. And, you know, Tom Brady's been around a long time. He knows where guys are even if, mm-hmm. you know, when we don't have a pass rush, that's the other thing that's going to happen is he has time to, to circle back and, and see what's going on on the other side of the field. And when you're a, a running back and you don't have anybody to block, you get out there and, and become a target for your quarterback. And it was an easy touchdown. Leonard Floyd had no chance. And you know what? I, I've said earlier that, that I thought he looked pretty good in coverage. Um, he looks good in coverage when you put him in the in the right situations right now not putting him in the right situations so um so let's let's move on to um the next part here and special teams how many uh (sighs) scores no no more no no special teams (laughs) i'm not even getting into that um so what about uh what's your what's your matchup of the week what's what are you looking for I think that the only way that this is a game is if the Bears' pass rush doesn't come to play again. The only guy that stepped up in in the absence of Khalil Mack, you know, being a dominant force is Bilal Nichols, who has been 
incredible. I think he's made very pleasant a lot surprise. of a lot of awesome plays, yeah. a lot of very splashy plays. But if they don't figure that out, I think they could still, you know, very. I don't want to say easily, but I, I'm going to pick them to win no matter what. But that's the one thing that if you don't do that, you're going to have problems. You're going to be in a dogfight on Sunday. Because mm-hmm. you can't like. <laughs> You can't not rush the passer and just expect that the other team's not going to move the ball. That is true. That is very true. So you are you're you're taking the Bears. I will take the Bears, and I will I will take, and I'll give you the score prediction. I think that it's going to be close because my confidence is low on that. Not until I I could easily shoot up, like overnight. Like if the Bears' defense comes out and sacks Sam Darnold ten times and gets you know three interceptions, which could like wouldn't have been out of the realm of possibility like three weeks ago. I could totally believe that happening, but until that happens, my confidence is like middle ground, twenty-eight, twenty-three Bears. All right, all right. Well, I'm not going to give you mine because those those aren't official yet on uh, when you see the gridiron. But I will. Uh, you can check that out. When uh, Robert Zaglinski uh, posts that, not going to give us the win or the loss. Oh, I, I'm taking the Bears win, yeah. obviously, but I'm not going to. You don't I'm want anyone to get a score. competitive advantage. No. Um, no. Does, no. does it count like how close you get? Is no, that why I, it's not like a Price is Right thing? No, no. Okay. I just you know keep the keep the integrity of the of the blog. So that's going to do it for uh, for this week. Um, so make sure to check out when you see the gridiron. Like I said, occasionally uh, doing some stuff at the Loop Sports. Um, obviously, you know, check this out on iTunes, Google Play Store, uh, SoundCloud. I mean, it's it's pretty much everywhere that you you want to find podcasts, and of course, it's on the the Windy City Gridiron blog as well. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at BearsLink82, and don't forget to check out my YouTube channel at you know, BearsLink82 as well. And that's gonna do it for this week. And bear down, folks. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.